0: Happy Halloween! (laughs) Hey everybody, welcome back to Hopelessly Tatiana. I am so happy to be able to talk to you guys today. And for today, as a special treat for this wonderful Halloween episode, I present you guys with an interview I did with one of my friends, Kay, who was raised pagan. So... We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll dive right into the interview. I know it's going to be great, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Hey, everybody. I am here today with my wonderful friend, Kay, and they have an awesome, awesome story to tell you. My friend grew up pagan and as all of you know because I um, am now pagan I was not always pagan well my friend they grew up pagan and I wanted to invite them to the show to talk to you guys about life growing up pagan and what it was like so hey Kane welcome to the show hi hi everybody thank you
1: for having me
0: always always so first up okay what do you want people to know about you like what what's your what do you like now
1: well, let's see. Um, I did, as you say, grow up pagan, and um, as far as the sect of paganism which I follow, um, I am Wiccan. Uh, I do practice and believe in witchcraft, um, which has kind of been a, a hot topic over the course of my life. Because you know, a lot of people are like, "Well, you know, they don't, they don't totally get that," and then there's also the whole thing people don't always understand that there are different sects within paganism, you know?
0: That's actually a really um, good point. I don't know that many about the sects. Can you break a couple of them down for us?
1: So as uh, first, you know, paganism would be an overarching term for a lot of what would be considered the original um, religions, you know, uh, Celtic. Well, Celtic is what we're gonna probably get into more. So today. Um, but also Nordic, Greek, all of those like uh, multi-deity cultures, the ones that have multiple gods would be considered very pagan. And um, then it kind of just evolves from there and it's been around for so long. Um, But now the most popular ones, I believe, would be Wiccan or Wicca and satanism which is an interesting topic yes
0: it is definitely especially with it being halloween time (laughs) (laughs) so can you tell me more about what it was like growing up
1: pagan um well my parents basically um they both also do a little bit of paganism they're both kind of witchy, uh, I I think I would describe my father more as a warlock and my mother as like a kitchen witch. Um, And they, when I was growing up, they never pushed anything on me. They kind of just said, um, you know, you can believe what you wanna believe as far as religion is concerned and we'll support you no matter what. And then they gave me books about Greek mythology and spells and, you know, Harry Potter and all of this fantastic magical stuff. So even though they were like, yeah, you can, you can do whatever you want. It did kind of seem a little more clear to me that they were very supportive of uh, witchcraft and paganism. Um, but then, you know, in school, nobody really got it. Uh, I, I always identified as pagan or Wiccan or a witch. And, you know, I would tell people in school that I was a pagan, or that I was a witch, rather, at the time, that's what I would call myself, and they would say, well, that's not a real religion.
0: Oh, that's rude.
1: (laughs) Yeah, which, I mean, it was, it did feel a little bit rude. I think that it's just, there's not very much representation outside of, you know, fantasy novels, and, you know, growing up in America and in New York City, where there's a lot of people, but... It's the mainstream religions will dominate media. And so even though, OK, we're OK with these people, we're OK with those people, um, no matter what, well, what's, what's an What's a witch? Is a witch actually performing magic? Stuff like that, you know? And um, it just doesn't come up very often in conversation anymore, but it is still very much a part of my life.
0: Yeah, well, actually, that does bring me to an important question: What exactly is a witch? Like, what's the difference between what real life witches do versus what we see in movies like Harry Potter?
1: Um, Well, it really depends on the witch. I personally spend a lot of time, um, you know, thinking about how how am I being affected by the moon, um, and how am I being affected by my environment. Um, I'm a little bit more of an, uh, empathic, right? So empathetic, empathy, um, I can kind of feel a lot of what's going on around me emotionally and figuring out, growing up especially, figuring out a way to separate myself from that and keep myself in a healthy state of mind within all of that is, um, a big part of my witchcraft, uh, give then of course there's praying um there is a certain amount of spell casting potion making but it's not so much like you know the big poofs of of light and smoke and um you know sparkles going everywhere you know I don't (laughs) always use my wand my wand is (laughs) my wand at the moment is quite small. It's a travel wand that I keep with me and um, I don't quite use it for spells all the time, but um, it's helpful when I'm casting a circle. Yeah? Yeah, so so whenever you're doing a spell, what you wanna do is you wanna create like a little circle that'll help protect you.
0: The important things to know that I did not know when I first started. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Circles and crystals are essential.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes, definitely. And um, like having a nice altar setup is also pretty important. Um, Understanding like color coordination and how days, literally the day of the week will impact certain things certain aspects of your spell the month the moon cycle all of these things it can get very very technical um but a lot of it is really just about intention
0: i believe that you said the day of the week impacts your spells can you talk a bit about that that surprises me the moon i understand but the day of the week
1: Right. Yeah. The day of the week. So um, if you go into the etymology of certain words, uh, you know, Sunday, for example, really easy one to go down to Sunday, day day of the sun. So whenever you're doing something that has to do a lot with like um, passion, fire, um, stuff like that, you might want to do it on a Sunday because that is the day of the week that is very related to the sun. Uh, Saturday, Saturn. So we're we're talking about like correlations between days of the week, planets, different um, feelings. Monday would be moon day, day of the moon. So similarly where um, moon is like very, very cleansing. Um, and also of course the moon affects our tides. So then you have to consider the moon cycle, uh, waxing, waning, full moon, etc.
0: Yeah, wow, that's a whole lot to consider. So, how often are you able to cast spells? Like, do you have a book or a grimoire?
1: Um, I do not have a grimoire. I should though, and uh, I consider myself to be a lazy witch. So I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean to do more spells and um, I always promise myself like, okay, I'll do more spells, but what I end up doing more so than that is just, I put intention into everything I do. And um, because I started developing my paganism, my witchcraft, um, and my practice as a protective method to keep my, my mind safe from all the energy that I started suddenly finding around me, um, from spirits and such that, like, that's where most of my expertise lies in banishing spirits, bringing, um, you know, cleansing energy to a space and to myself, um, protecting myself and, and warding is really where most of my, spell casting as. Okay.
0: So you'd say that's your specialty? Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Have you had to banish very many ghosts or evil spirits? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. So, if you <laughs> want
1: to hear a story. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, When I was in middle school, I lived in a house. It wasn't a house, I'm sorry. When I was in middle school, I lived in an apartment that was, you know, it was a nice place, but I always got this really weird feeling from it. And a couple of years after I'd been living there, I'd done a little bit of tinkering here and there with spell casting. I was still working on it. I was still figuring things out. And um, by this time, you know, I had these feelings of, of unease had started to get stronger and stronger. And a lot of the times when I see spirits, when they connect to me, um, I'm in a state of drowsiness. So either asleep or almost asleep or just waking up. And that has also caused a lot of skepticism by people. Oh, you're just sleeping, you're just dreaming. But um, I I know myself, I know it's a dream, I know it's not a dream. And when I tell you that I had this absolutely terrifying nightmare that there were three spirits in my home that were giving me the same exact energy that I was feeling, that they were They were slowly bringing people that I loved into my home and killing them in front of me. Oh. And bringing them in and just leaving their bodies in my home. And eventually got to this point where I couldn't wake up. I couldn't. um, I was just walking around my house. And all I could do was stare and cry at the dead bodies of my friends and family. And I woke up. And I could still feel that energy. And I could still feel like, you know, when you feel something just staring at you from the darkness. Um, So I, I finally worked up the courage to start texting all of my friends and family, checking on them, seeing if they were okay. Of course, everybody was okay. And then the next day, I was like, I have to do something about this. And I did a little bit of research. And I found out that you need a black candle. Black candle equals banishment of um, negative energy. And I got myself a black candle and I came home the next day and I said my prayers in front of the candle. I, I set my intentions. And immediately as I had done that, I had felt all of the energy leaving my body and going into the candle and I know this is very, this can be very dangerous, but I fell asleep right then and there in front of the candle. And so yes, lit flame, not a good thing to leave uh, unattended, but literally just all of the energy left my body. And I fell asleep and I woke up in the morning and I felt very refreshed. I didn't feel any type of unease, that negative energy that I had been feeling in my house was gone and the candle had burned out but it had burned out in a very peculiar pattern where part of the outside of the candle was still there and it created almost a cage Mm -hmm. and all of the wax inside had spilled out to the bottom and created a puddle but there was still this cage left as if it had trapped something in there. Oh wow
0: yeah I do know that uh for a lot of the times when you burn a candle all the way down the pattern it makes does say something so that's pretty intense,
1: yeah that was that was the most uh I think the most intense banishment that I've done. I have done one or two since then, but they were not as uh fantastic
0: mm-hmm. well that <laughs> first time's always a doozy, right yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that does sound like a pretty intense story i know for me growing up as a christian we when we prayed we were praying specifically to you know god you know the three in one sort of a. Uh, you pray to god and for whatever your problems are when you pray who do you pray to or what do you pray to
1: um i pray to the gods and goddesses that i believe in and the ones that are specific to my cause um if you follow any amount of Greek mythology, which I know has especially gotten very popular, I've always been a huge fan of the Greek, the uh, Greco-Roman pantheon, um, And so, you know, you'll have the Zeus, the god of the sky, Poseidon, the, the god of the sea and water. Um, but then you also have Athena, goddess of war and of wisdom um artemis the goddess of the hunt apollo the god of music um and the sun sometimes it depends on which where you are Mm -hmm. uh historically i mean but you know so you find what you're trying to do for example if you're doing a spell for good fortune and you're following the greek panthenon then you would want to pray to fortuna and perhaps who is the greek goddess of uh, sometimes God, sometimes Goddess of Fortune and Good Luck, Ooh. and um, yeah, she's real cool. Uh, you might want to also pray to another God in the related subject that you are ha- wishing for good luck. So if you want good luck on your exam, Athena Fortuna, please you know bless me with your um, your wisdom, your luck, your for- your good fortune stuff like that. Um, if you have a musical performance that you're really, really excited for and you, but you're just a little nervous, then you might want to go to Apollo. Um, so it also depends on you and who do you believe in. Some people you can take from a lot of different pantheons. There are some people who do take from the Christian, uh, saints, you know, cause I believe, uh, in Christianity, you just have the you know, the holy trinity but then you also have a bunch of saints that will um represent different things yeah
0: if you're typically yeah. that falls more for catholics but yeah that's true
1: yeah so i've definitely heard of and met some pagans who will pray to saints um i actually think yeah. that's
0: where i kind of got my first start was praying to saints though mm-hmm. i am not i was never catholic But yeah, okay. So is there a God that you favor above others?
1: Um, Well, when I pray, especially recently, I pray to uh, the universe. Because a lot of my uh, beliefs in paganism actually... Evolve out of what I understand from science, and I'm not going to say that I understand so much science. You know, I'm such a, <laughs> a scientific person. I'm not a scientist, um, but I do try to keep up with the times. I do try to know what's going on, and um, I do believe that the universe, as as we understand it, is the strongest and biggest um, power that there is, and who are we to say as mere humans that it's not its own sentient being and it doesn't have any form of sentience it's um it's an incredibly powerful thing so i pray to the universe and i also pray to a goddess that i consider to be the mother of all animals so um she appears to me as like um like an owl type like very womanly owl um mm. and warrior as well and she just she protects and she's very fierce and loyal um and she has she's the one who gave birth to all of the animals including humans um that are on the earth
0: wow strong imagery there wasn't uh, what I, I feel like did athena have the owl
1: athena does have an owl yeah owl is a sign of wisdom
0: that's what I thought I was like yeah (laughs) like, some some fierce imagery there yeah um I know for me when I first started I started out praying to the Greek pantheon I think but Mm -hmm. as a black person it just kind of gets hard to stay there
1: (laughs) right (laughs) who specifically did you like
0: um I have always ever since Mm -hmm. I was small small so even when I was a hardcore Christian always loved Athena she's always been my Mm -hmm. favorite um she's great she is. I mean, the older I've gotten and the more stories I've heard, the less great she is. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but, um, but I, I think it was always the one I would pray to because I'd wisdom above all things. Though, as a fully grown adult, I now know that wisdom comes through experience, and experiences can suck. So, sure, <laughs> yeah. Gotta <laughs> gotta pray with. Gotta be a bit more clear when I ask for things. Oh, <laughs> more specific. Oh. <laughs> I'd like to Cause... learn this, not the hard way. <laughs>
1: oh, so true.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, okay, that's really cool. Um, so do you have do you mix and match your pantheon, or do you just stick to, like, you do the universe and the mother? Do you like mix and match? or?
1: Absolutely. Um, I mix my pantheons. I um so the universe and and the mother are gods that I found. Um, not through research, but through spiritual exploration and there have been other ones though that I've, you can liken them to each other and, um, like Nyx for example is a very ancient, uh, Greek goddess. Really? Nyx? Yeah. The, of the, of the night. Yeah. Um, Yeah. She's, she's one that I really, Nyx and Chaos have always fascinated me actually. Wow. Okay. Yeah, talking um, Titans here, <laughs> but I've also, you know, I've explored a little bit of the the Nordic and uh, Egyptian pantheons as well.
0: Were there any Egyptians ones you were particularly fond of? Um, the the
1: I've I really liked the Eye of Horus and and the All Seeing Eye. You know, mm-hmm. uh, also Anubis, god of death. That was something that really really intrigued me a lot oh yeah why well i always kind of i don't know i never really clicked with hades i guess um i kind i liked his his whole vibe of like okay hades is a place that inhabits both good bad and that which is in between um but it just i don't know he never quite he never quite seemed to give the full picture. And um, maybe it was the whole thing with Persephone that I wasn't quite vibing with. (laughs) um, Kidnapping does
0: kind of do a thing to you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But to to have that very visual imagery of, you know, is your heart as light as a feather? Um, Like, you know, you have to go through trials and figure out who you are. And then when you're honest with who you are and you see it there and it's just right in front of you. I I don't know. It kind of it called to me.
0: Nice. I cannot say I am on that path, but <laughs> I <laughs> definitely understand it. It's definitely I liked Hades. Um not mm-hmm. not enough to pray to him, but I liked Hades because he I feel like he's the most misunderstood of the Greek gods because there's the least amount about him. Um, They -hmm. talk about Hades, the place, but not as much about the god himself. Right. So, like, I I always liked him a bit as a god. Plus, like, he always comes up with these intense punishments that are just super clever and awful. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just just awful and clever. And I I don't know why. Very clever, man. Says something about my, my, my character that I'm like, this guy is awful and awesome <laughs>
1: <laughs> what what can you say yeah so, I mean clearly you appreciate intelligence and uh cleverness and all of that and
0: as mm-hmm. always gotta gotta have a little bit of darkness in you to appreciate okay. the light right
1: who doesn't who doesn't have a little part of darkness in them
0: And I don't, if someone says they don't, they're lying.
1: They are, (laughs) they're they're
0: lying. That's just why we we are all the yin and the yang. So, when it comes to being a pagan, um, what are some takeaways or some like everyday practices that you have?
1: Um, Well, one thing that I actually I saw online and I try to do not to say that I always make my own coffee because I don't I order a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But there is one thing that is, you know, it's one of those lazy witch hacks that I was kind of talking about before where when you are making your coffee, you can introduce... Um, I subscribe to the rule of threes. Not everybody does. Um, mm-hmm. That's okay. I personally love the number three. My favorite number is pie, but for, you know, normal people, it's easier just to say three. And um, so, you know, you stir three times, you we'll put in, you know, however much sugar. Uh, I try to do it in groups of three without putting too much sugar in there because I don't like it too sweet, but I like it sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as you're stirring, you can put in your intentions, you know, coming back to this idea of what do you want to happen? um, You have to have that very clear in your mind. So when you're making coffee, what do you want to happen? Well, you want some energy for the day. You want to be productive, maybe. Um, You can think about the different things that you're going to do that day. Um, Today, I need to clean my room. I need to, you know, take a shower. I need to do this. I need to do that. And I've found that it's very helpful to just think about all of those things as I make my coffee, put that into my coffee, put that intention in there. And then throughout the day, it becomes easier to get all of those tasks done.
0: Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I like that. I hadn't thought of that. I'm assuming it works with other things like tea as well.
1: Yes. (laughs) For tea (laughs) drinkers and hot chocolate drinkers and um, matcha drinkers, you know. Nice. Yeah. And this is what um, a lot of people like, you know, oh, we're making potions. Yes, we're making potions, but potions can be soup. They can be tea. They can be stew or oatmeal um, you know, a potion is a liquidy thing that you ingest. So get creative.
0: Okay, that's I hadn't thought of it that way. So quick question. You said you follow the rule of threes. What exactly mm-hmm. does that mean?
1: Um, well, to me, it means that three is the strongest number in the universe. That things that come in threes are incredibly strong. Um, and powerful structurally and spiritually. Um, There's also the threefold rule, which is basically that whatever intentions you put out into the universe will come back upon you threefold. Um, If I wish for someone else to have happiness, then that intention of happiness will come back upon me three times. If I wish someone else negativity, then that negativity will come back upon me three times you know it's this idea that whatever you put out into the universe comes back to you multiplied
0: mm. and multiplied times three that is not a fun not a fun amount
1: unless oh, no, you do something good
0: <laughs> <laughs> unless you do something good <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's why we that's why we want to do good things right and i think that that's actually a really um like powerful idea that you can find in multiple religions and belief systems across the world is you know do unto others as you would want done unto yourself um don't be mean to people unless you want them to be mean back to you because you know it's only going to come back worse oh yeah
0: honestly even the rule of three can be found in several religions like we talked yeah. about christianity you we have the trinity granted mm-hmm. it's three and one but it's three and one even when it's, you look at yeah. things like Hinduism. They have the three. There, are, there are hundreds of gods in Hinduism, but there are the three mm-hmm. gods of creation. There's one of creation, sure. maintenance, and destruction. So, the idea yeah. that three is the strongest number. There's some, there's some backing there in history. I, like. Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. That's one of the things that I love about the number three is that you can you can find it everywhere. You can find in everything, in the strength of a triangle, which is something um, when they're building skyscrapers, I learned this when I was back in school, and when they're building skyscrapers, they tend to make sure that there are triangles throughout the structure, especially the foundation of a building, because that will make it stronger.
0: I believe that triangles are a pretty solid, pretty solid shape.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. love triangles.
0: That sounded weird, but I did teach math for a minute, so my brain was there. (laughs) I was thinking math teacher.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, triangles are like pretty dope. (laughs) Math is super important, so love love to all the math teachers out there. Thank you, math teachers. Yeah,
0: thank them. I'm not a good math teacher, which is why I don't do it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Was not my cup of tea. But you... (laughs) you are amazing this is this has been great i'm learning so much so halloween how do you celebrate halloween
1: oh well uh going back to this rule of threes i actually celebrate three nights of halloween oh um yeah so i celebrate the 30th the 31st and the first and part of that is a cultural thing um my i'm part irish and part mexican um halloween is this holiday that has descended from Samhain, which is an Irish uh, Celtic festival, which it has it has such a rich history. Honestly, I could not do it justice, but I could give a little background on what that is. And it's um, basically the idea that this day of the 31st and the end of October, beginning of November, is the time when the veil is the thinnest. And the veil would be the wall that separates the living from the dead. So the magical world of the dead, of the um, non-living, or you know, even you can consider fairies and goblins and other types of little monsters um, would be on the other side of the veil. And then on this day, which is actually Um, in right in the middle between the winter solstice and the autumn equinox and it's this day that people can cross over and that these these magical beings these spirits and pixies and whatnot can come over to our side and mess with us Um, so we are we are saying thank you to our um to our ancestors And we're also trying to protect ourselves from the spirits that are maybe not so benevolent. Um, And then you see this also because on the 1st of November is Dia de los Muertos and I'm part Mexican as well. So incorporating those two cultures together is like this perfect little thing where we, we know that on these days, this is when we can speak to our ancestors. This is when we can talk to the people who are gone and have a connection with them again. Um, So on these three days, I do dress up. I do try to go out. I do try to drink and have really nice big meals. And on the first, I have a nice dinner and I invite my deceased ancestors to come and eat with me
0: wow that's amazing
1: thank you thank you what do you do for halloween
0: i don't know this will be my first halloween sober we'll find out together <laughs> 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 we will find out together um oh, well as we can a, hang uh, up if you want <laughs> of course I know growing up, we weren't allowed to celebrate it. My family was deeply, deeply religious. So growing Mm -hmm. up, we weren't allowed to celebrate it. My family connected uh, Halloween to the devil's holiday. Um, Mm -hmm. As an adult and now someone who does identify as pagan, the broad sense, because I am super lazy. um, As someone who identifies as pagan, I look at Halloween as... One, obviously the day where the veil is thinnest, but for me, it's just a really nice day to center myself if I can, you know, do a tarot card reading. Um, I like to watch Hocus Pocus because I am a child at heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a good movie. Uh, It's a good it movie. A- <laughs> <laughs> um, But typically I just, my my rituals, I do a tarot card reading to, to go from this holiday to um, the next, which I believe is Yule yes
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah so in the uh, solstice
0: yeah yeah so a reading from now till then and just uh hey for the next three months what can i expect usually this is the holiday that i pay someone to do a reading for me i won't be able to do that this year because i got unlucky with the with the wallet business <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> but uh it's okay because i can do my own readings so it's fine but yeah, uh, that's i do great. I do love uh, that you have your ancestors come commune with you on the first. I think that that is amazing.
1: Yeah. It's a really good way I, to keep grounded. Thank you. Yeah, I really, um, I mean, obviously it's not my idea. It's something that's been going on for a really, really long time. Um, is this, you know, we're going to put out food and invite our deceased ancestors to come and eat with us. And, you know, um, in the past, it was a lot of like, let's talk about everything that you've missed and catch you up and you know the kids will play games to entertain and um, even um, in traditional uh, Irish culture the trick-or-treating actually evolved from this idea where people would go door to door dressed as little monsters and they would sing at people's doorsteps and then the people who were uh, at at their home would give the people cakes. The people who were singing, they would get cakes, because they were singing to entertain the spirits, to entertain the dead folks that were coming to visit. And as a thank you, here's a little sweet cake.
0: Oh, nice.
1: And from that, we end up with this tradition of little kids going around and dressing up and saying trick-or-treat, which is a lot like singing. It's very (laughs) sing-songy. It is. It's quite a
0: sing-songy rhyme. It is.
1: And then um, in return, they get little candies and they go on their merry way.
0: Without destroying your property. It's always a plus. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants their house egged or teepeed. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, in in traditional folklore, that would just be that, you know, the Pixies did it. Mm. The little Gremlins did mm. it. Um, people would play tricks, but then they could blame it on the devilish spirits. I see.
0: I mean, yeah. I, I teach small children, so I'm gonna have to go with pixies and gremlins, or just kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but well, I mean... you
1: know what? I've met quite a few kids. I could just disca- describe them as gremlins. So.
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, there are some beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> sweet ones like my nieces. I will love mm-hmm. them forever, and they can do no wrong. But all of the rest yeah. of the kids on the planet are just some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is not related to me. I don't know what's wrong with them. <laughs>
1: What
0: is wrong with
1: them? I don't no know. know. Just no way to we'll know. There's no way to know. We'll have to send them to the other side of the veil when Halloween's over.
0: <laughs> well, maybe they'll go voluntarily.
1: Mmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so for uh, the veil is thin for Halloween, but there is a mm-hmm. flip, right? I believe that's the, the one that's in towards summer.
1: Uh, are you referring to everything?
0: Envelope? I believe so. Yeah. So what's the difference?
1: Um, well, I, <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. Um, Halloween is one of the ones that I celebrate the most because, you know, growing up, it didn't, it was just there. Everybody in America celebrates Halloween and it is very deeply ingrained in our culture, um, partially because of Irish immigrants and also partially because of the church. Um, Christianity has played a very large role in, uh, continuing the traditions of Halloween, even though in modern day Christianity, depending on which, uh, sect you're in, they'll say, oh, don't celebrate the devil's holiday. But, um, at one point there was a a push to create, uh, All Saints Day, right, and then The day before that, so that would have been November 1st, and then the day before that, Halloween, was the eve of that, which is how we get All Hallows' Eve. There's some etymology behind that. I'm not great at pronouncing all of these words, so I'm just gonna (laughs) Um,
0: I'm following you, girl, I'm I'm following
1: you. Yeah, so here, like, the, the church did put a lot into Halloween. Irish immigrants and Irish culture, um, Celtic culture specifically, put, created this uh, holiday of Samhain, which has evolved into what it is now. And, you know, it's all just very beautiful. And I think that Halloween then is very American in this uh, big melting pot sense of different cultures coming together, creating something new.
0: Oh, well, that does sound extremely American. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: if there is one thing we are good at, it's just making everything look like the same thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're American. We can say bad things about our, about our nationality. Of course, of course. <laughs> I did have a question because neither of us is home right now. And like for my family, they're not doing anything for Halloween because that's not our thing. But mm-hmm. um, for yours, you know, obviously this is something that you would celebrate with your family. So how do you yeah. stay connected with your family when you are so far away
1: during oh, like holidays know like we- this one? yeah we so we send each other pictures we'll talk online a lot um we usually try to schedule sometimes uh these uh like skype calls i guess i told you i don't have skype but you know same idea facetime or or zoom or whatever the popular app is at the time um you know just to talk to each other update each other on the times um my So not all of my family is pagan, actually. Um, My mother is, as I said, kitchen, which she does, um, which means, like, she works a lot in the kitchen and puts a lot of her intention to, like, food and, you know, creating nice things, and she's also very creative, so she'll make, um, she made me what is my, what I call my travel altar, Um, and it's just like a little pocketbook that has everything that I need for my altar in it, so when I'm going somewhere, I can put all of my things into my little pocketbook, put it in my bag, and then go to my new country or wherever I'm going, and I'll always have an altar with me, um, which is very nice. But she made that for me because she she's like, oh, well, you're going to travel and live abroad, so here, uh, here's this gift that will help you stay connected to your your religion, your religious beliefs, and such forth. That's amazing. Um, yeah but i don't believe either of my siblings really practice all that much i mean obviously we all love halloween um we dress up we i mean we all love to dress up so that's that's really the big thing is that dress up has always been the favorite in my household
0: mm. well that sounds pretty cool yeah so why do you still practice i mean an adult now and you can make your own choices so why do you choose to stay with this one
1: right well i mean it was always my choice so you know as an adult it's more so that i've gotten more evolved in my um in my beliefs and when i was a kid obviously it was oh i hope that you know i'm going to get accepted into hogwarts or Mm -hmm. i hope that um you know, I can have this kind of magical experience. And as I grow up and and learn more about the world, I don't see less magic. I just see magic as something different from what we understand it as culturally. It's not this pop culture image of seeing, you know, pixie dust and, you know, cute little fairies flying around on their (laughs) thin wings and, you know, sprinkling pixie dust over you and taking you away to Neverland and all of that, that's not necessarily what magic is. Maybe it is for some people, but for me, as I learn more about the world, as I learn more about science and how the world works, I can see that there is a very distinct marriage between science and magic. And that for a very long time, up until recently when we got these pop culture images, magic is just science that we don't understand. Before we understood what fire was, we called it magic. Before we understood what you know time was, we could consider that magic. We can consider so many different things magic if we just take away this very clinical understanding of what they are. So in my argument is that these things aren't not magic. You know, there's still magic. It's just that we have a deeper understanding of it. Every time you take medicine, you're taking something that was very specifically formulated by someone who knows what they're doing to make you better. That's what witches in the Middle Ages would do. A lot of them were actually pro- practicing things that we would consider pharmaceutical today. Um. Mm. A lot of the people who were condemned as witches during the witch trials were actually medicine people. they were they were people who could make you feel better. and they had con- they had created this whole practice of helping others, and that had gained them some sort of, maybe monetary advancement or you know political stance and then um if you know anything about the witch trials a lot of that was motivated on people stealing from these so-called witches and trying to get their land and trying to get their money or you know petty disagreements and oh she's a witch because um her clothes are too bright and then you know oh well now i also can absorb some of their property When they're dead. Yeah. So the reason I still practice witchcraft is because I feel that it helps me explain and understand the world around me in a way that is optimistic and in a way that still keeps some of the wonder alive without being so mm, naive, you know? I don't have to. I don't have to believe that I'm getting my Hogwarts letter, mm-hmm. but I, um, I can still know that what I'm doing is magical. And by me being here on Earth, there was some magic that that made that happen.
0: Yeah, I actually I really like that. You looked at it a different way than I think I ever have. Like I've always believed that science or magic is science we don't understand yet. But I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever stopped and looked backwards, and been like, "It's all magic." Like my brain was just like, "Oh, it's science, and we'll figure it out later." But I had right. never, I'd never worked backwards with the technically medicines, potions, like all this right. stuff that people have been doing for hundreds of years. We just right. now know what it is, so we've labeled it. We put like a stamp on it and said, "This is now science." But it's just right. always been magic. So like, mm-hmm. I, I like the, I like the way you walked that backwards because I, I never, never put that together. interesting (laughs) yeah
1: it's definitely like you know something a lot of people well oh it's not it's not magic it's science it's fda approved well you know what maybe there's a little magic in the fda i know it sounds boring but
0: (laughs) (laughs) i i like it i i think that for for me i have to agree that part of why i like being a pagan why why I chose well I my leaving Christianity was a long story but part of why paganism is something that I feel very comfortable in is that I believe that there's magic in everything there's magic in everything there's magic everywhere it's not it's not you know puffs of smoke and stuff like that and I would love mm-hmm. to see a unicorn but that's oh, not yeah. what it is <laughs> I mean yeah. I would be so excited but you know magic to me is is the like you said the fact that we're here You know, I know when I'm feeling really stressed out, which is probably, this is gonna sound nuts, but when I'm feeling really ultra stressed out, something that helps me is realizing how tiny I am. So like I'll take Mm -hmm. me and then I'll zoom out and I'll see me in China, which is Mm -hmm. tiny. And then it's me in the world, extra small. And then then I I also will throw in like, if necessary, the amount of time the world has existed and the amount of time which I will be on it. (laughs) <laughs> and then just, just keep zooming out. And then like, I just get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. But the galaxy is just so huge. So the concept that we know everything that there is to know seems ridiculous. Right. And the idea that I, that magic can't be real because I don't understand it also seems ridiculous. And yeah. I like being able to be like, there's magic. I just, I might not be able to tap into it right now. Or sometimes I can and sometimes I can't. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like the idea that magic is everywhere. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think that's actually really beautifully put, like, you know, that when you're feeling stressed out and like, you know, all of you have so, so many problems and, you know, life is such a big thing, realizing that the universe is enormous and there's so much going on in it. I think that's a really beautiful thing and a, and a great way to help you, like, cope with with what's going on in life.
0: Oh, Yeah at least it it works for me and also in terms of time because it's like something feels like a massive deal right now but Mm -hmm. I zoom back and I'm like I remember at one point in time there were other things that felt like they were massive deals and I'm sure I don't remember them (laughs) 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 like that's like I I am I'm 33 right now when I'm 50 will this be that big of a deal probably not so I can chill out
1: right
0: (laughs) but I kind of feel like magic is the it's it's the the marriage of of what we know and what we don't know and it's that bridge so I I do I do like I do like the way you explained it it was I thought that was perfect thank you thank you go ahead and tell us about Halloween and like the history behind it
1: Well, Halloween um, actually started as a holiday called Samhain, which is a Gaelic word, and it looks totally different from how it's spelled, but you know what, it's okay. Um, (laughs) And it was like this moment when halfway between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice, which, you know, a lot of pagan and Celtic uh, holidays are all centered around the seasons, actually... A lot of holidays today are still centered around the seasons. Christmas, Easter, you know, uh, these are yep. seasonal holidays. New Year's sure. is a seasonal holiday. Um, so this was basically harvest time. This was um, a halfway point for autumn. This was the point when the veil between the worlds of the living and the dead were, was the thinnest. And so you can have more communication and passing between these worlds. And um, some of the things that would happen on Samhain would be like this giant communal bonfire, right? So they would light these, this huge bonfire and, you know, people would let the, the hearth in their home, the fires in their home, they would let them go out. And they would go out and they would celebrate and people would dress up as monsters and as ghosts and spirits because the idea was that monsters and spirits and pixies and goblins and all of these little creatures from the other realm would be able to pass into our realm and some of them are good and some of them are bad. And the good ones you can invite into your home. Generally, those would be your family, the the spirits of your dead ancestors. Um, And maybe you you can invite them into your home. You can have dinner with them. You can try to talk with them a little bit and enjoy each other's company because, you know, you've gone a year, maybe more. Or maybe less without seeing them without being able to talk to them maybe the last time you saw them in person they were really sick or you know there's a lot of things you can catch up with them and enjoy a meal with your loved ones that have passed on um but these other spirits they are maybe they're not so benevolent they're not so nice and they like to play tricks so you don't want them to think that your house is empty so maybe you'll leave cakes at your door for them to take and then they can go on their way and you can dress up so that they don't try to kidnap you because now if you're dressed up like a monster they'll think you're a monster and they won't want to kidnap another monster so if you dress up as you know whatever then you can keep yourself safe and so that's where a lot of this costume wearing started and so People would go out in these costumes, they would enjoy this nice big bonfire, dance, sing, play games, have have lots of fun, um, enjoy harvest time and, you know, talk with their with their dead relatives. And then at the end of the festival, before the bonfire went out, they would take like a stick or something and they would take some of that fire from the bonfire And bring it back to their homes and then relight the fire in their home with that same fire. And so it'd be this communal shared fire that could spread out over the city or the town or wherever you're you're living in. And everybody gets to share in this fire. And it would be this idea of protecting everybody for the hard months to come.
0: That's amazing.
1: Um, Yeah, I think it's and it's like a really beautiful tradition that over the years has become kind of it's you know different religions have tried to co-opt it into their own thing and you know that's it's never lost its original meaning of you know this is this is a time when we dress up to you know have fun and maybe some people are going to play tricks playing tricks was absolutely a part of the original Halloween of Samhain Festival. It was absolutely <laughs> playing tricks, candy, dressing up, um, and enjoying each other's company and having parties. So I think that Halloween today still has most of those aspects um, because of different things that, like, you know, the the town halls, like, oh, well, we don't want little kids playing pranks. So instead we're going to do big parties and we're going to do um, you know, parades and keep them up all night getting candy and, so that they don't have time to teepee and egg our houses um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's cool too I'm I'm all for, you know not destroying other people's property personally <laughs> I don't think it's the kindest thing to do if um, it's not. I remember the, th- the, yeah, the threefold rule particularly <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's this whole big thing of traditions like that will continue. And I think, you know, that's part of the reason why Halloween is absolutely my favorite holiday.
0: I do like the fire. I think that was probably my favorite part of that story.
1: Yeah. Oh, protection.
0: Yeah. Having protection that you like starts in one place and you share it through the city. So it's like everybody is protected together. That's amazing. Mm hmm. Halloween must mean a whole lot to you.
1: Absolutely, it does. Um, personally, I never really connected with Christmas. Um, as an American, I never enjoyed Thanksgiving. And um, I guess part of that is um, my, my family culture, uh, being part Native American. But also just, it didn't, it never really got me. I mean, the food is all right, but turkey's not... I, I prefer chicken or beef, <laughs> mashed potatoes are good, but you know, you can have them all year long. You can have mashed <laughs> potatoes in August. You don't need to wait for Thanksgiving. Stuffing is good, cranberry sauce is good. But like, you know, those are food holidays and you know, the history behind them uh, is not as rich. And um, in my opinion, especially for Thanksgiving, uh, it's it's kind of shallow. Christmas has its own thing. Christmas is pretty cool, but I do feel like it has been a little bit overly commercialized, um, and we've forgotten a lot of the true purpose of Christmas. But you know that can be another episode. Um, <laughs> that,
0: is, that is many episodes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, but like you know, Halloween, Halloween has endured, and Halloween is just pure fun. It's this. It's this night of having fun before everything gets too cold and you don't want to go outside anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that Tuesday before Lent. Mm. Hmm. Just the, the night of like, let's get all of this out because we're about to lock ourselves up for, for the winter. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Kay, for, your awesome stories and insight and telling us all about what it's like to be pagan and grow up pagan. And I know I learned some stuff I didn't know before. So thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you and getting to share these experiences and stories.
0: Well, we will definitely have to have you back sometime because this was amazing. So thank you. Consider this. If you want to learn, read. If you want to reflect, write. If you want to change, listen. So, thank you for listening.